0: Hello, everybody. It's time for an LJ and Redder's AFL podcast. Journalist with the Wimmera Mail down there at Horsham in Western Victoria. Lucas James Holmes, good evening.
1: Evening, David. Evening, ladies and gentlemen. Great to be with you uh, to talk uh, through things AFL and some other things as well. But, yeah, it's a slightly sombre note, as you could probably tell, this evening.
0: Yeah. Um, Won't belabor the issue, but our thoughts and prayers go out to everybody in the community of Singleton. Um, in particular, and two, two sports clubs, the Warrandite Cricket Club and the Singleton Roosters Australian Rules Football Club. Lucas and I have called quite a few games of, of singleton footy in our time in the AFL-HCC. Um, Luke, uh, the afl has cancelled all of its football in both juniors and seniors this weekend as a mark of respect. Um, well, as I said, we won't bill over the issue, but this podcast has been done with a very sad... Uh, backdrop to the podcast. Uh, People that we know have lost their life, people that we've called, people that we've spoken to, and that community is going to be struggling for a long time. So, if things aren't as boring as they usually are, I hope you all understand. Lucas, did you have anything you wanted to add, my friend?
1: Uh, That's all about it for me. Echo exactly what you said, David. Um, Particularly to those of the Singleton Footy Club, as you said, um, we've had a fair bit to deal with over time and they're not just great football people, they're great people full stop. So that's about all I can add to what you've already said and with our thoughts. It's it's tough um, from where we are at the moment, particularly me being so far away from home and things like that, but you've got no idea how often my thoughts go that way at the moment, so it's tough. As I said, we've lost great people, we've lost great football people, so all we can do is um, wrap our arms around them and minds around them and um, just help them get through this tough, difficult stage they're going to be facing further. Next medium
0: to long term, David. Well said. Um, our thought, as I said, our thoughts and prayers go out to everybody. Um, and yeah, it's um, time to talk some football, but it is with a very heavy heart. Results from round thirteen, and I'll get Lucas to talk about the two games that he was at over the weekend with his father down there in Melbourne. One thriller and one another nail in Carlton's coffin, unfortunately for the Blues. Thursday night football killed Kilda. 12 880, um, over the Swans, 9-12-66. That's a big win for St Kilda at the SCG. We thought that the, the Bulldogs and Port Adelaide would be a good game of footy. You know what it was? The Port Adelaide 16-11, uh, Western Bulldogs 13-7, Port Adelaide just keep on going. And, of course, they got great results. Melbourne have done them a massive favour. Hawthorne, this is the result of the weekend. Hawthorne, the last five goals of the game, 15-8 over Brisbane, 11-7, and Brisbane's lost two in a row. That's not what they need to do. The West Coast Eagles right now are a shell of an AFL club. They're probably up there with top sandfall and waffle clubs, and that's not being unkind. They've got so many injuries. Adelaide boosted their percentage massively, 27-12 over West Coast, 8-4. And we just hope that the West Coast Eagles can begin to get some of their players back soon. I'm, I'm not overly hopeful of that. In a game that sort of shows where Fremantle's at, I think a lot of people did tip Freo, but Richmond did, produced a beauty at Optus Stadium. Richmond 12-13, Freo 10-10. On to Sunday, the Giants did what we thought they'd do at Belree, 15-13 over the North Melbourne 11-9. And the Giants, good win again. And in the games that Lucas attended personally himself, Essendon 13-8 over Carlton 6-16. And we'll drill down on these in a minute. And then in one of the better games of the year, Melbourne 8-18 in the big freeze game over Collingwood 9-8. Lucas, first of all, let's go to the Sunday game. And I know you want to talk about others, but let's go to the games first of all, if you don't mind. I said that we, last week on our podcast that I picked your brain. yeah. Um, Essendon, I suppose the most important thing from your perspective, is Essendon at a level now where we can expect them to be in the bottom half of the eight at the end of the season? Were they that good?
1: I think so, David. And when you have a look at their list, the pre- the preseason I spoke about it to Peter Wright, who um,
0: came of
1: the year on Sunday, and it was, it was outstanding. Um, five goals in return, had a uh, shoulder, shoulder injury that kept him out of the first, what, 12 rounds. So he he was a big part of that. They've got some players starting to hit form as well. Um, Zach Merritt was a little bit quiet in the first term, but then burst out and had a great game. They've got a nice one-two punch there in the in the middle there with Sam Draper and Andrew Phillips. But it was really the third quarter um, where they really got away a seven-goal uh, to two third quarter there for the Bombers. Um, really put them on their way. It was interesting too. Pre-game, but both sides um, had that had. What, what all thirty-two of their premierships out in the middle of the MCG? Um, of course, this year is the thirtieth anniversary of Essendon's nineteen ninety-three flag, so there's a bit of a combination for that. But yeah, they really put the foot um, down in the third quarter, did um, did Essendon, and it really shows I think they've really got potential. They sit in six at the moment. I think, but I think the bottom party, day A's, well and well and truly within their sights. To be fair.
0: And Peter Wright adds a complete and other new dimension to their game. Lucas, Carlton can't take a trick at the moment on or off the field. I know some of their fans are very disenfranchised. I understand when fan bases get cranky with their club. I get it. But there are certain things you do as loyal supporters and there's certain things you don't do. And I'm not sure if I agree with some of the things that the Carlton fans have done um, in the recent days. But they're not playing good football. They are not convincing. Six goals, 16 is poor kicking, and it's poor footy. And there's no way that Carlton will make the eight. No way.
1: Uh, I think you, and again, pre-season, you would have probably booked them into what at, le- at least the top, the top half of the of the eight. So it's interesting. And when you look at their list profile, too, two key forwards, which works at, when they play the majority of their games at the MCG, I've spoken at length about Sydney and how they have two key forwards and it hasn't helped them on a smaller ground. You look at their back line, they've got runners. Jacob Wiering is a, a, a top, what, six key defender in the game, yep. I think it must be said. Um, depth through the midfield, obviously, Cripps. Matt Kennedy has been great. and um, They lost Will Setterfield, who's been outstanding for um, for Essendon this year. So they've got they've got depth in all ends of the ground, but they haven't really been able to... Uh, to mash it together. I don't know. It's not even Michael Voss's first year as as senior coach, his second year. So um, it's interesting. Um, Obviously, a high-profile club, as you said. They've had some supporters, and Voss himself has had some interesting comments and press conferences the last couple of weeks as well.
0: Um, Talk to us about Melbourne and Collingwood. I'm assuming that it was a great day to be there. Um, A low-scoring game of football. Did... um, did you see anything from either club that – it's clear from my mind that these two will be in the final four, okay? Did you see anything from either club? And it's very, I know it's hard for you being such a Collingwood man. Did yeah. you see anything that was extraordinarily impressive from either club? I know the ESPN Brownlow projector said that Viney's had a day out yeah. um, oh. uh, for Melbourne. Mitchell, Crisp and Fritch also got mentions in the ESPN unofficial voting. Lucas, and please analyse, over to you completely. Please analyse the game and what did you see?
1: Yeah, I think it was really Mel- Melbourne's run and carry that got them about David, of course. We, we spoke about Oliver, um, if not late last week, saying that he'd been ruled out. But Jack Viney was superb. He had won the um, Neil Danaher Trophy with his 32 disposals along with 11 tackles and nine clearances. I think it was their running carry and their ability across half-back I think we seem to forget how good of a defender and footballer Jake Lever actually is. Of course, he had that high-profile move to Melbourne um, after Adelaide's Adelaide losing grand final. Then what did his ACL? I mean, he's been in and out of the squad since then. Um, so it was great to see him find some form. Christian Salem, too, who returned from his own injury in the last couple of weeks. He had 24 touches. So that really gives him that intercept, intercepting ability with Lever and May back there as the linchpin. And then Salem was really good with the running carry and his ball, and his ball movement by his left foot. He's absolutely outstanding. And they just owned the ball inside forward 50, David. I think it was 15 marks to seven inside the forward 50. We spoke about um, C- Collingwood's um, really inability to have that tall marking forward. Um, M- My check does a good job, but he's more of a mobile key forward, which you don't see many of really anymore. Um, Jack Rebolt, is um, probably a little bit smaller, but it's that same sort of mould gets up the ground, helps, and then loses them on the way back. Um, and and it was interesting too. The only sorry, go uh,
0: Jack Revolt's a better footballer over a longer period of time. That oh, I think my a good footballer. Yeah. I think he does a lot of things well. Jack Revolt will be a hall of famer. Jack Revolt's yeah. had a fantastic career. Yeah. He's a better I, he's a better footballer over a period of time than mycheeks. I think can hope can to be, and that's not been critical, that's trying to be analytical on the gifts that Revolt has been given. My check could play at centre-half back, Revolt yeah,
1: well, can't. Well, 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 again, that's where he was, he was a, another mid-season draft pick, drafted as a defender, um, yeah. check in, in a rookie draft. So not, not comparing their talents, but that sort of um, competitiveness. They're both good when the ball hits the ground, of course. Richmond with that sort of keeping the ball moving forward style of football. But so, and we spoke about it last week too, David, I said about the potential changes Neither McStay or Elliot came in. The loan change was to go out, obviously with suspension. And Pat Lapincy came in for his first game of the year, kicked two goals and and looked pretty handy. But yeah, Melbourne's ball movement, their ability to intercept across half back. And for once, maybe the first time this year, David, yes, I was beaten by Brisbane on a, on Easter Thursday, but maybe they're running guns through the corridor. They maybe they're trying to move the ball a little bit too quick, Collingwood. And because of Melbourne's defensive pressure, it, um, it got them unstuck a little bit. But the pressure, David, to be brutally honest, what Melbourne, eight goals, 18, they should have won by at least six or seven goals. It's 26 scoring shots to 17.
0: So if these two run into one another in a prelim, because there's a very good chance they may avoid each other in week one of the finals. Do Collingwood... So that you've just mentioned two. Is McStay a good enough footballer to play in a key forward role for Collingwood and do a job? Or is, he, he, is that Collingwood's weakness?
1: Yeah, he's a key forward... Don't get me wrong, David. But the interesting thing is, I don't think you'd be able to play both Cox and McStay. I think you'd have to play one or the other. And the advantage of playing McStay can rock. Yeah, so He's a third rock. Cox is a second rock. So I think that's where you may be having to try and find the balance because when you look at the broader list of these of these two sides, Oliver comes straight back in, no questions asked. Yes. On, on, on the, and maybe Ben Brown potentially as well. Um on the Collingwood side, Goey comes back, Cow comes back, Elliot comes back in. I don't think any questions are. So both sides have two or three yep. pretty handy footballers to come straight back in. So I was trying to find that balance um, for both sides. But yeah, Brody Grundy was was good against his old side, played, backed up Max Gorn quite well as you as you'd expect. I think Grundy ended up having um, the first centre bounce. But as I've said too, I don't think Gorn's good enough to play specifically as a forward. Um, I think he's a lot better and we saw it a fair bit on the weekend and over his career, dropping a kick behind the play and mopping up everything that went high and long inside Melbourne's back 50, which which happened quite a number on occasions on Monday.
0: Gorn's an old-fashioned Ruckman, for, yeah. for, for want of a better term, and very good at it. Lucas, was there anything else you wanted to make before we look at this round of of fixtures? Any other points you wanted to make from any of the other games? I I note Hawthorne's excellent victory. West Coast are struggling. Fremantle was a surprise. Anything else you wanted to have a look at quickly? Um, West Coast struggled. I don't think you can... um, We can't go any
1: further. Taylor Walker's 250th game, career-high 10 goals, even though it's against West Coast, 250 games in the modern AFL. It is a great achievement. Um, and two, going to Hawthorne, we all thought um, that some of the media thought they could be tanking the back, the front half of the season. We, we've said, both of us in the past, that Sam um, Mitchell's sides won't, won't give up and won't stop running. And we saw that as well against Brisbane on the weekend. 11 goals, 7 isn't bad, but 15 goals, 8. Saturday afternoon at the G. I think that Brisbane have lost their last two games, if I'm not mistaken, at the MCG. So that's going to be something... If they weren't to get a home, uh, weren't to get home grand advantage throughout the finals, though, it's something they're definitely going to have to look at, look at.
0: And can I I make note of Ryan Marich's debut? Only got eight touches, two goals, one on debut. A bloke that was a lot bigger than what he is 18 months ago, worked on his body, got a mid-season draft and two weeks later is playing AFL. He He must be his eyes must be popping out of his head. But two goals on debut, thats the West Coast Eagles would be very pleased with yeah, his debut, Lucas.
1: Yeah, they've got some good young talent. Reuben Gibney is another yeah. um, young draft pick that's been sold for them. But as you said, a week and a half, Ryan Marrick, two goals on debut. Um, you're looking for positives for uh, West Coast at the moment. There's, there's two of them and some negatives too. Nick nui has been ruled out for the rest of the season too with some Achilles um, issues that he's been hampering the last little
0: while. Uh, his career has been punctuated by injury. The poor man. He's. Uh, I'd love to see how many games he's missed in 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 the duration of his time playing in yellow and blue. Uh, is someone going to stop this Port Adelaide machine? They're um, they're just outrageous. They just keep on winning, Lucas. They're equal top in the ladder. Collingwood's got a fantastic percentage by benefit of playing a couple of lesser sides in recent weeks, but Porter, you know. That that top four, who can stop them? Well, I suppose at the moment Brisbane's the most vulnerable. But Port Adelaide they're heading, uh, streaming toward two home finals at the Adelaide Oval. Right now they are. Yeah, they
1: are, David. So I spoke about it last week? That um, their captain Tom Jones is playing his what second or third consecutive week in the sample. I'm showing how much depth they have there at Port Adelaide. We've spoken about Zach Butters at length. Um, Connor Rosie's been solid for them. Xavier Dersma um, we may or may not have spoken to about Mitch Giordiati's. We did when he did his ACL. He's been moved to the um, to the uh, long-term injury list. So they freed up a, a list spot there too. So they've got some exciting young talent. But then when you look at some of their older brigade, Scott Lycett's a premiership player. Travis Boak is one of the better midfielders and, and contested ball winners of the current generation. So it's a good mix of that young talent and some of that... Uh, uh, the players that are in the twilight and the end of the career that have had big game experience, which Port, Port have had, David, in these last four or five years, have been the prelims. Um, of course, in 2018, when Luke Shuey um, kicked, kicked that goal off with a siren too. So they've, they've had some big game experience, Port. And when you see them at home, um, as, we, as we speak about Adelaide and Brisbane and the like, they're a, they're a different kettle of fish, that's for sure.
0: 100% they are. On to round 14. Now, the teams that have the buys this weekend, interestingly, there's a couple of sides in the top six that have buys. Adelaide, Collingwood, Hawthorne, Essendon, Melbourne and the West Coast Eagles. West Coast Eagles will be very grateful to try and see if they can get a couple of people right. But interestingly, and this opens up the opportunity for Brisbane in particular, Anson Kilda to get into equal third with Melbourne. Um, and you would think that they're favourites to do so. The games, what a game tonight. Port Adelaide and Geelong at the Adelaide Oval. That game's at 7.40. Then Brisbane and Sydney's Friday night at 40 at the Wollongabba. And enjoy football while it lasts at the Gabba because there's going to be a few-year period. With with today, Lucas, being one year to the Paris Olympics, of course, in eight years' time, we'll, you and I, hopefully, you'll I'll, I'll have... I'll be in a Zimmer frame, and you'll probably have less air than what you've got, you bugger. But uh, Brisbane and Sydney. um, Brisbane will have Olympics, of course, in eight years at the Gabba. Saturday football, Twilight. GWS hosting Fremantle at Sydney Olympic Park. The night game is Richmond and St Kilda. What a game that is at the MCG, and I think it suits Richmond being at the G, to be honest with you. Carlton and the Suns, that game's also at the G. That's the early game, Sunday, and then the twilight is North Melbourne and the Western Bulldogs at Docklands. Lucas, um, first of all, Port and Geelong, who you got?
1: Yeah, it's a tough one, isn't it? We just spoke about how well Port Adelaide are rolling along. Um, Geelong, too, get some big players back tonight. Max Holmes, Mitch Duncan, Patrick Dangerfield back. Mark O'Connor playing his 100th. Tyson Stengel, who's a story in himself, playing his 50th. On on the Port Adelaide side, Ryan Burton's in. Lockie Jones, who was superb last week, David, against West Coast. He's out. Um, Riley Bonner, the sub, uh, out as well, and I think it's one of these games. Um, I almost went with Geelong to be to be brutally honest, David, but I think it's one of those games. Put Adelaide at home at the Adelaide Oval. I think it just uh, tips them into their favour. But I think it's going to be a, one of those one of those games, maybe in the high seventies, low eighties. Quite 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 a physical game of football, as I spoke about before. Travis Boak. At, and the and the Geelong midfield too highly contested game of football. I'll go with Port Adelaide, David. But honestly, I think Geelong could cause an upset here.
0: Port Adelaide by fifteen points for me. Friday night football. I, I, I Brisbane has to win. Sydney are not playing very good football. Um, the betting lines are quite clear. For mine, I think Brisbane will win and win comfortably tomorrow night.
1: Yeah, I, I think they will. To David, the way they lost last week back at home as well, but some big news out of Brisbane Lions. HQ hey, true this afternoon, David. Jasper um, both, Fletcher.
0: Uh,
1: J- Jasper Fletcher as well making his debut as a father son, but both Daniel Rich and Jack Gunston taking indefinite lead. And um, they had a they had a meetings with Chris Fagan in the last couple of days. David weren't happy with the way they were performing at an AFL standard, and, and won't be playing neither AFL or VFL football for the for the foreseeable future. So no. Daniel Rich or Jack Dunstan for uh, Brisbane on Friday night. Um, I still think the way they played last week will, will play play into their hands a little bit, give them a bit of an extra motivation. Um, their forward line will still cause Sydney's depleted back line all all types of issues. Brisbane at home on Friday night. I'll, I'll tip
0: them by about four or five goals, David. Agreed. And goodness me, is it possible the Giants are? This is an amazing game. You never know what Fremantle's going to do, although, to be fair, until last weekend, their form line have been excellent. Um, The Giants, well, am I brave enough to tip them against a pretty talented Fremantle side? Yes, I am. Um, I'm going to tip the Giants by 10 points. Um, Just, Freo, you 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 don't know what they're going to do, and the Giants at least go hard. Um, I'm picking the Giants by 10 points. Yeah, this is a tough one.
1: Um, teams have just dropped two, so I'm just flicking through them as I as I go. Josh Kelly in, so too Sam Taylor um, for the Giants. Wow. So that so that's a, that's a big in for them.
0: You um, think? Yeah, yeah.
1: Sure, up some key defence, which they unfortunately they've played quite well uh, back there. Harry, Harry Himmelberg's been outstanding for them. So too, Lockie Whitfield in their in their absence, and Jack Buckley's actually held down his, his end quite well. So no Rouston, no Fahy, no Anguin for for the Giants. In for the in for the Dockers, jake O'Meara, James H out of of course concu- concussion from last week. I'm um, just long said he could miss more than two weeks with the concussion. So that's unfortunate for a runner and a player that had such high was held in such high regard early in his career as James H was. Of course, now at the third club now with Fremantle and Sam Sturt goes out. Frederick plays his 50th game. And that Sam Taylor in maybe just swung my opinion a little bit. I, I think I would have gone Freo. They've done their damage this year, David, away from home. We saw them beat Geelong early in the season at Kardinia Park, not at the MCG. So I potentially would have gone Freo, But for me, I think that Sam Taylor um, in just takes it in the Giants' favour at home. And I'll go to Giants, David, by about 10 points. I think it's going to be a tight game.
0: One of the games of the round is Richmond and St Kilda on Saturday night. Notably, this game is at the Melbourne Cricket Ground and not at Docklands. The betting line does not match the latter. The betting line's got Richmond as clear favourites and St Kilda at two ten. Oh, I find that a bit hard to believe, that betting line. Um, I... St Kilda have been on and off for a while after a blazing start to the season. Are they good enough to beat Richmond after Richmond have been to Optus and won? Yes. I think St Kilda will win. I think St Kilda will win by 11 points. And I the reason is, although it's Trent Cochin's 300th and congratulations to him, I just think St Kilda is a more complete football side at the moment. I think this is where we come,
1: come to our first disagreement, David. I think St Kilda looked better on paper and Richmond have had had an interesting week. Um, it must be said, and we may touch on that a little bit later on as you well. You think? <laughs> yeah, yeah, just a just a little. Um, but Andrew McQuarrie is getting his side to play well. They've got a few injury concerns themselves, but looking at matchups, that that one with Max King and either Noah Bolter and Dylan Grimes will be one to watch. Um, of course, the St Kilda full forward going against Richmond's uh, defence, Tim Taranto. We've spoken about him at length. Um, the last little while, Liam Baker too picking up the slack, and I think it's maybe just—I th- I think a club like Richmond, Collingwood are a little bit the same. When when things like that happen off the, off the field, it it brings the supporters and the club a little bit tighter. They fight a little bit harder, and I think w- with that happening off the field and Cochin's 300th game, I think it and it being at the MCG too may just flick it in. Richmond's favour. I'll tip the Tigers, David, at the MCG by two and a half goals.
0: Carlton and the Gold Coast Suns. Well, for me, it's a clear choice here. Clear. I think Gold Coast will win. They are playing much better football. Carlton's in an enormous rut. Um, The game's at the MCG, but the Gold Coast are good enough. If all they've got to do is play their best footy, and I think they'll win. They're not favourite on sports bet, but I'm going to back them by 14 points.
1: Yeah, I'm not so sure about this one. And as I said about last week, I think Carlton particularly on oh no, that's actually gonna be a great matchup there with the with the rocks with Pitnett and Deconey against against Wits. So that's gonna be one to one to look out for. Um the, the sides here in for Carlton Cunningham, Jackson Bins, Lockie Fogarty, Mark Pitnett, Nick Newman, out and go Jack Silvani and Jesse Motlop. Um for Gold Coast, excuse me, Sexton in, Brandon Ellison, Mac Andrew uh, back from his club in post suspension, Ned Moyle and Sam Day in. Um, some, sign- some milestones too. Both Harry Mackay uh, playing his 100th, so too Charlie Ballard, who we've spoken about yep. a-, a-, a little bit this season. Um, Sam Day playing his 150th, and I just spoke about Tom DeConey, he's playing his 50th too. But uh, looking at a little bit more of the matchups, so I spoke about uh, the matchups there in the rock, another mouth-watering one in Gold Coast forward line, Ben King going up against Jacob Wait- um, or or a little bit of Jordan Boyd there too, potentially. That would be one to watch. I've actually quite liked Brody Kemper across half-back for Carlton the last couple of weeks, and we've just spoken about Charlie Ballard. It's tough on paper, you probably go Carlton. I think that being at the MCG might just sling it in their favour, David, but if this one were to go the way of the Gold Coast, I think it'd be all hell to play there at Carlton. Uh, that being said, I'll go. I'll go the Blues by three goals for me.
0: Okay, fair enough. We disagree on that one. And then for mine, it's the Western Bulldogs by how far against. And West, the, the, the doggies have to win. They've got to maintain parity. They need percentage. Um, if this is a Docklands, which is although it's a North Melbourne home game, will suit the dog down to T. I think they'll win by, well, frankly, six to six to seven goals with the doggies.
1: Yeah, I think, I think it's going to be a little bit like that. Uh, we saw Cody Wakeman impress. He kicked, what, three goals in the first quarter against Port Adelaide uh, last Friday night. So he, he shone early for them. And they've just got players all around the ground. Tim English, is, as we spoke about last week, if not the week before, will be the, will be our choice for the All-Australian Ruck um, come later this year. Although it's not Melbourne's back line that stood up the last couple of weeks, David. Griffin Logue and Ben McKay have been outstanding for them. Um, Harry she- Harry Sheasel's been great. George Wardlaw was the Rising Star nominee um, last week, David. He So their, dra- their draft class of last year has really stood up for them, Sheasel and Wardlaw. And four to the footy, um, Nick Larky's been clanking them. He's right up there in the Coleman medal race too, David. So they've got some talent. It's going to be a medium to long-term build for them too. But yeah, as you said, Western Bulldogs at Marvel, under the roof, I think they'll be too good. Maybe, what, maybe six, seven goals, I think, in the dog's favour.
0: Yep, I agree with that. Uh, quickly, uh, ESPN unofficial Brownlow and rocketing into the equal leader Zach Butters. And let me just give you Zach Butters' last nine weeks, everybody. Half a point, two and a half, one. Half a point, two, three, three. 1.5, 1.5 and three. What a last two months he's had for Port Adelaide. So it's Petraka, then Butters on 19 and a half. Nick Dacos still well in there at 19. And he wasn't bad on the weekend either. Jordan Dawson on 18, Tim Taranto, who's just gone vote, 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 vote on 17. And the bond on 15 and a half. Jack Sinclair's also in good form. He's on 15. But Zach Butter's certainly getting himself well within contention for his first Charlie. Um, Louie, and he's just been unstoppable for Porter on their, on their absolute tear through the competition.
1: Yeah, they've got such a deep midfield. Haven't they? They've got another a former Brownlow medalist in there in Ollie Wines. Boaks played more of a wing role this year. Um, as I said, a contestant-style player. Great player for them. Such depth in there. So much depth. And they've got a decent rucking, um Scott Lysette giving them first choice of the football. So they're a really deep side. And as you said, if they get – well, they are on a roll. They're a club record, what, 10 or 11 wins now. So that's helping them. And as, as we said earlier, if they get a home final, David – multiple home finals potentially, watch
0: out. Oh, 100%. Absolutely. Um, they're, they're a... Yeah, it, they're dangerous, dangerous, dangerous. Particularly if they're going to they stay in Adelaide, God help us all. On uh, to quickly the Wimmera uh, footy and netball league. We've got Ararat and Dimbola, nil and Horsham Saints, Warak and Mign- Matoa, that's at Waraknabal, and Horsham uh, up against Southern Mallee. Lua, are you doing time in Horsham... Uh, uh, at Horsham and Southern Mallee, or where are you this Saturday? I'm, not,
1: I'm doing 1v3, David. I'm going down to Ararat
0: to do the Rats and the ruse down at Alexandra
1: Oval. So 1v3 in the footy, it's 5v6 in the netball two, our competition being a top five. So uh, as we almost flick into the second half of the season, it, it, it's quite an even draw in the fact that not nine teams, two buyers, everyone plays, you're have a you're having a home and away style fixture. So this is the last... Uh, round of the first half of the picture, if that makes sense.
0: It does. It, it makes perfect sense. Uh, that'll be a 1v3, goodness me, that's that's huge. Um, we'll be at uh, at World Novel and Kirkle over on the lovely Northern Beaches for uh, Manly and the University of New South Wales in both grades, John O'Farr and myself. And John, I'll be getting very excited with one year away from the Olympic Games. Uh, let's hope that he he gets the call soon to go across to Paris to do some commentary, in, in, in such a talented broadcaster, Lucas. Was there anything else you wanted to discuss? I did mention Jasper Fletcher, son of Adrian Fletcher, playing his first game for Brisbane. Anything else you wanted to mention before we bid our fans adieu? There are two things:
1: one AFL-related, and one and something coming up tomorrow night that we may just want to have a a, a cheeky little look at. Um, of course, I spoke to you just be, before we got on, David, and because it's got such AFL Sydney. Um, uh, consequences, as it were. Um, of course, UTS, UTS player Tate Mackerel is on the GWS Giants AFLW list, David. She's been moved uh, to the inactive list due to a stress fracture in her left knee after she dealt with a stress, stress fracture in her foot uh, last year as well, David, after she, after she started the season strongly. But that also means that the East Coast Eagles have another um, player now on an AFLW list with Tegan Gormack. Um, moving to the GWS Giants, the midfielder, g- going from blue and gold into orange and charcoal for the upcoming AFLW season, David.
0: Lovely. And I'm sure you want to talk about something that's happening uh, <laughs> that, that, that may be starting in Birmingham tomorrow night, Lucas James. I, I do,
1: David. And I know you had a, quite a special guest um, with, with Dan last <laughs> night too, which is which would have been a thrill. But I'm not sure if that was... or when you recorded was pre or post this announcement, but England have released their 11. Uh, well, for, I for actually the, well, I actually
0: guessed the 11. There you go. Yeah. So uh,
1: one through to 11, Crawley, Duckett, Hope, Root, Brook, Stokes, of course, the captain, uh, Bearstow the keeper, Moeen Alley, who's come from the depths of nowhere after Leach's uh, injury. Uh, and then this uh, incredible pace line, Ollie Robinson is going to be an absolute handful over there, Broad and Anderson. So uh England gone with their squad and I'm assuming we'll have to wait for the toss tomorrow to uh wait for the Australian
0: selection. Oh they won they can't pick Hazelwood. I'm Are sorry. You? They've got they've they've got to go um they've got to pick bowl and I think it'll be a two-all series. I think it'll be that close and that tight. Um the Australians will go after Mo and Ali with everything they've got when he comes on to bowl. Um Stokes won't bowl much. All the guys, Nathan Bracken, Josh Moxie and Dan Saunders were quite clear in their mind that Johnny Bairstow will bat at seven beneath Stokes. I want to wait and see. I'm not so convinced. I think Bairstow, well, for mine, has a better bat than him. But the fact that he's got the keeper's gloves will be interesting. It's a fascinating series. It, it goes uh, Edge, Baston, Lords Eddingler, Old Trafford and the Oval are the five tests in order. Um, those northern tests will be interesting because the ball, they, the ball, you always does something in York, Yorkshire and Lancashire. The best pitch in all, lots, probably the overall, They would add a lot of life in that World Test Championship, um, which of course didn't suit India. Gee, that's a, that's a tragedy. Um, so yeah, look, fascinating shoes uh, well, I've got you there. I know you love your cricket. I know you're very knowledgeable at cricket as well. Your thoughts? Just give us a tip on the uh, the result after five tests. What are you thinking? Yep.
1: I'm almost learning away you, David. I think there's going to be at least one test that's um, that's disrupted by a little bit of inclement weather in an English summer. Um, it's not like anyone said that before, so it's really going out on a limb. But I, I'm almost t- tempted to go with a, a, a draw series as well, maybe two all, or potentially even maybe two one Australia with a, a draw and a, and potentially a washout thrown in there. I, I just think with bowling too, in England, you've also got Hazelwood, You've got N- Nessa as well there. They play- They could play, what, tw- up to 25 days of test cricket in, what, 46 calendar days or something like that. So I think the Aussie quicks are going to get rotated. Um, of course, looking at quicks too, you've got Mark Wood um, on, the, on the English side as well. So they've got some depth there. But it, It's going to be great. I think it's more, especially with Brandon McCullum taking the reins of England as he's done in the last 12 months or so, I think it's more... More one of the more exciting build-ups, particularly with England's style of play that we've had in a while, David?
0: Look, it's going to be absolutely riveting to watch. It really will be. I think the only fast bowler on both sides who will play all five tests is the Australian captain. And I said this last night, I just think that, remember, Anderson, Broad, Stark and Boland, are all well past 30, well, well past 30. So, yeah, uh, you're right. It'll just be fascinating to 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 see how it all eventuates. Um, and, you know, it's great cricket starting tomorrow night. It should be phenomenal to watch. It's so exciting, huge crowds. Um, Edge Bassett always turns on a good test to start. So it'll be just really interesting. I, I think two all with a draw for mine and Australia to retain. But we shall wait and see, I suppose. Louis, thank you so much for your time. Enjoy your time at Ararat on Saturday. I know you enjoyed going to the football. Was it great being at the MCG for both nights? A good, good, enjoyable being there. Well, it was great, David. Both both, both,
1: both games over eighty thousand. It was the highest attendance of the Big Freeze too. I think it was about eighty three thousand five hundred or so. Um, and it was this both it was the seventh and eighth games, David. The ones that I attended, but. Of, of the 2023 AFL season that were over the 80,000 mark. So we're getting some big crowds in this year, which is great to see as well.
0: It is, and that's when other codes around the world sort of take up and look look at what's going on in the AFL and you start to see, like, I I'm, I was talking to Jimmy on our NRL podcast, the Dragons and the Rabbits had a great crowd at Jubilee last week of 17,500 at a suburban ground, and the AFL's jaggy 80-odd for Melbourne and Collingwood on Long Weekend Monday. It sort of puts things into perspective a little bit. Louis, take care. Enjoy your footy on Saturday. Look forward to catching up with you next week um, very much and talk talking football again. Um, hopefully a bit better circumstances. Uh, but, uh, yeah, look, thanks for your time, mate. Great to speak to you, and we'll see you next week.
1: Always, David. Looking forward to an action-packed weekend of sports, so looking forward to it.
0: Absolutely. On behalf of Lucas Holmes, this is David Redden. Everybody up in the Hunter Valley, particularly around Singleton, take care. We are thinking of you, and we send our love. Take care. Bye-bye.